Hello, my friend. I am Paul White. This is the Deeper Daily Podcast, and I want to thank you for joining me on the 29th day of August. We start a brand new week today. We are in the second portion of airing the third chapter. We're doing the audio version of our 2018 book, Righteous Saul versus Righteous Paul. Today, we will have the second portion of what should take us about three days to do. Uh, Tomorrow, I think we can finish up the third chapter. And then on the 31st, we will air for you the August essay edition. So it falls perfectly in between two chapters from this book, and the book will be about halfway finished. So it shouldn't take too much longer as we're uh, taking a little break here at the end of the summer. Give myself a little breathing time. I'm going to jump back in here and write that quick little essay and put something up for you. Um, on the 31st, but otherwise it will be back to the audiobook. Speaking of back to the audiobook, let's waste no time today. We jump back in. I backtracked 15, 20 seconds or so just to give you some context. We're talking about the difference between the younger brother and the elder brother in the story of the prodigal son, how uh, what those two things represent. Uh, we'll let this, the, the book do the work for us, but we're going to give a little statement and then it jumps into the reading of the story from the book of Luke. So here is the second part of our reading from Righteous Saul versus Righteous Paul, chapter 3. When we live with the performance mentality, doing to get, we are going to be like the older son who stood out in the yard, refusing to party when the younger son returned home. Luke chapter 15, verses 25 to 32. Now his older son was in the field, and as he came and drew near to the house, he heard music and dancing. So he called one of the servants and asked what these things meant. And he said to him, Your brother has come, and because he has received him safe and sound, your father has killed the fatted calf. But he was angry and would not go in. Therefore his father came out and pleaded with him. So he answered and said to his father, Lo, these many years I have been serving you. I never transgressed your commandment at any time, and yet you never gave me a young goat that I might make merry with my friends. But as soon as this son of yours came, who has devoured your livelihood with harlots, you killed the fatted calf for him. And he said to him, Son, you are always with me, and all that I have is yours. It was right that we should make merry and be glad, for your brother was dead and is alive again, and was lost and is found. You see, the older son was angry. I haven't been given what's mine. How much do I have to work to get anything out of this? What do I have to do? How much more zeal do I have to show? I've walked the steps and I did it with passion. Here's what I expect. His performance had mentally divorced him from both his father and his brother. Notice he didn't say, my brother has come home, but rather, this son of yours. For the older son, the separation from the family is complete. Ambition has also created a competitive rift for the brother. It hasn't been enough to be the oldest brother. He has needed to be the best son. This is Cain and Abel reimagined in the New Testament. When I read this story, I can't help but wonder, why the competition? The separation experienced by the older brother was of his own doing, and it was all in his head. Paul said as much to the Colossians. Colossians 1.21, And you, who once were alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now he has reconciled. The work the older son was doing for his father was probably right by all accounts, but it had become wicked as it mentally separated him from the right to call himself a son. 
The work was also rooted in an effort to become something rather than a work out of identity. Work from identity is beautiful, and we were created for such. Ephesians 2.10 But work to establish identity is wicked and spawns an illusion of separation. Dad responds, Son, you and I have always been together, and whatever belongs to me belongs to you. Throwing a party for your brother is the right thing to do because he died to us, but he's now alive again. What theology! We live in the Father's house, and what is his is ours. We can celebrate radical, irrational, illogical grace as we watch people go from being dead in their understanding of God and his love to alive in the knowledge of who they are in Christ. The church shouldn't run from the message of God's grace. They should run to it and abandon all others. For so long, so many of us thought that a lack of receiving from God was a reflection on our poor performance for God. In reality, we do not lack because we do not work. We have not because we do not ask. James chapter 4, verses 2 and 3. Remember the words of the father to the elder brother and know that they are the same words to you, son. You and I have always been together, and everything I have belongs to you. That concludes the reading for today. You know, every now and then, when I'm listening back to this book, and you got to understand, when you write a book, you don't just go back and read your own stuff all the time. And some things come to you in the moment when you're writing in the same way that they do when you're up preaching or teaching. And there was a line in that section of chapter 3 where we're talking about the elder brother, and I said, and I'm going to miss this, but it's not a word-for-word quote, but you get you just listen to it, same as I did. Or I said, it wasn't enough to the elder brother to be the oldest. He also had to try to be the best son. And the reason why that jumped out at me is because by being the oldest, he had the natural rights of inheritance. That wasn't good enough for him. He overlooked the power of his inheritance so that he could undercut his own value by trying to be valuable through his performance. Why would you ignore the fact that you receive the full inheritance of heaven as a son and instead try to be the best son? What more do you get for being the best son? And there's nothing wrong with being a good son. But the point of the story is not who was the best. It's who understands who they are. And I hope you'll know that that's the point for you and I as well. Okay, tomorrow we will finish the third chapter of Righteous Saul versus Righteous Paul. I hope you have a great day. God bless.